This is episode 121 of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. And on this provocative edition, we're going to talk about Logan Paul's $3.5 million Pokemon fake case. We're going to talk about the crypto markets. And Dave is going to commit to getting a face tattoo. Or none of those things on this episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. So seriously, you're getting the face tattoo, right? I'm going to get the same one that Mike Tyson has. Sweet. Love it. Can't promise the other two, though. I did also extensively talk about on my YouTube channel, the Logan Paul $3.5 million case. And by the way, we did a live stream, an impromptu live stream on it. People enjoyed it. As I would imagine they would. Oh, we had so much fun on that. G.I. Joe, it could have been anything else. So good. So good. We're not going to go back to that well because we already had fun. And I did a live stream last night that went five and a half hours. So I think we got it. I think we nailed it. We nailed it. it, But if you want more on it, like watch it. Yeah, look, right? I, w- I would say the impromptu, people. the impromptu is the best one because it's the best combination of mockery and information. And it came right out right on the heels of the video. And it was perfect. It was about an hour and it covers all the ground. And by the way, if you're interested in unopened wax of any type, you'll learn something. It's both entertaining with the mockery and informational. We like this. It is the hallmark of what I do, Dave. It is the hallmark of what I do. Okay, so that was the week. How's things? Uh, week was okay. Like I said, uh... Getting ready to go back to work. Well, I mean, I was working this week, but actually physically going into a building again. So trying to familiarize myself with the the COVID protocols and all that stuff. Um, Did a bunch of cleaning and did some organizing around here that hadn't been done in a while. Uh, Ended up getting through a bunch of wrestling DVDs, as I've been doing. So the latest, uh, since we last talked, I did a Shawn Michaels. uh, You know, they always call them unreleased matches, but... the really have obviously they've been on tv most part so you know it was good uh i especially enjoy like the thing that i i really enjoy about those is like going back and seeing the different opponents right because you're seeing mm-hmm. them face different people and getting matches in there so it starts with a, you know a bunch of matches with the with the, the the midnight rockers and going through that and stuff and you know it's them versus demolition or them versus, you know there's an old match of him versus, i think it's in like awa versus jake the snake or things like that that are on it which are kind of cool Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also did a, uh, a, a Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, depending on which one, but Daniel Bryan, um, cause it's WWE, uh, there was five matches on there. And I do, I must say, I, I, I kind of like, I mean, it's one of those things that you watch a ton of them that get old, right? But I do enjoy the money in the bank ladder match. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think some of the earlier ones are pretty good because it was still considered innovative. Yeah, it, when they it have was like a playoff people yeah. in it, and 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 that, yeah. But again, it, like anything, um, you know, the more if that's like all you watch, then of course it's gonna be like, okay. Enough of this. I've seen I've seen enough of these, right? Yeah. But the concept, at least initially, was a good concept. All right, fair enough. But yeah, I think um, yeah, that's always the way it's gonna be for stuff like that. Oh, um, and sorry, and I realized that I may or may have not have taught because she was at the school I was there and I probably worked with her in some extracurricular drama, but I don't think I actually taught her. Um, Santino Morello's daughter. I see. Who is now a professional wrestler herself. But I was looking up something and I was like, Bianca Corelli. It's like, I think I know, like I recognize that name. I think she went to our school. And I was like, Google search. I was like, she did go to our school. Look at you. So I was like messaging some teachers that were there when she was, and I was like, do you remember this girl? Because she's a professional wrestler now. Mm-hmm. That's the way it goes. Um, I, did I ever tell you the Taylor Wilde story? Uh, the one at, uh, was that the one at the wine rack? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's she's been back in professional wrestling. She's back at Impact. She's been doing that, and she does podcasts and stuff. And it was one of those things that's very funny. It's like, oh, she's back in professional wrestling. But it was very funny that, yeah. The, but it's it's one of those things. Um, it, it's a smaller world than a lot of people give it credit for. And sometimes that happens. Um, you run into these books. And sometimes it'll be like, oh, interesting. Okay. That came up. But the way it goes. Um, otherwise, uh, my end, week, week-wise, pretty light. Uh, just kind of winding up into the new thing. There's a lot of shifts going on at work. So right now it's a lot of figuring out, you know, who you're reporting to. What are you doing? What are you supposed to be doing? And then it's like, okay, so what do you want to do? It's like, I want to do my job and get paid. <laughs> that, that's that's what I would like to do. Um, it's always very amusing when organizations really get into, it's like, well, we'd like to talk about your development. It's like, how about we take it a step at a time, guys? How about you just give me the work, I'll do it, and then we proceed there. I'll worry about my development. Thank you. Day to yeah. day. If there's something specific I need from you, I will ask. 
But um, sometimes it's, it gets very odd when they decide to get a little more intrusive and be like, no, 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 we want to help you. It's like, you can help me by backing off. <laughs> Back off, bro. <laughs> I'll, I'll take care of that. Let me worry about that. And if I need something, I will let you know. Okay? Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, it, like I said, it's very aggressive. Okay, so... I believe, based on what we talked about, uh, face tattoo notwithstanding, I believe we're going to chat about different professional wrestling things and stuffs. But first, let's have a little fun. I'm going to go through some AEW cards, but uh, not going to go too crazy because I did go ham. Uh, but there's a couple of specific ones that I want to kind of touch on really briefly. This first one is going to be kind of fun because I'm not going to explain what the thing is about this one initially. But I think you'll appreciate it. It plays to some of your sensibilities. But then right, I'll explain good. what's specific about this card and why I would take the time to feature it specifically. Okay, so let's grab the tab here. All right, so this is an AW card of official Paul Turner. Okay. Now, on the surface, why am I even showing you this? That's a good question. It's not, it's not numbered. I don't see a number. Nope. So, um, is it? Some, is there? Is there something about the card? Is it about the person or is it about the card? It is about the card. Is there like a misprint? Like, what's with that blue stripe? Which is that blue part stripe? of it? Um, on the the left hand side of the card. So that right there is basically what the regular base cards look like. So they have they all have a bit of a blue color to them. Now there is something kind of funny about it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to see if I can pull up an example here to show you in a second. Uh, so you'll have to bear with me a moment. But I want you to look keep looking at the card for a moment, and. I want you to think about this because what you're looking for is something in this image is what should be standing out and it'll make more sense once I compare it to something else. Okay. But I want you to make sure you've committed to memory what you see in front of you on the screen. Okay. Okay. Just pay close attention. It's not his photo. So I'm just letting you know now his photo looks the same in various variations. Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to show you the same card, presumably, but from a different lot. Okay. Okay. And what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to remember what you saw a second ago, and then you tell me what you think the difference is. So okay. this is another image of Paul Turner. Okay, so the coloring's different. Slightly. The now, some of that some of the time, that could be the scan. So assume the color is actually not the thing you're keeping an eye on. Okay, isn't there like a, well, I don't know if it's like the starry, kind of almost looks like like a galaxy behind the name? It's not a bad, it's not a bad call, but that's not it. Okay, and then underneath where it says Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, that looks different in terms of there was some writing or something there, or there isn't, mm -hmm. or something like that. That now you're now you're thinking in the right direction. So I want now keep an eye on that what it says under Turner, and then I'll explain. So the I whole can't concept. read actually what it says. No, well in that one it didn't say anything. Okay, but the first one it did, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. So it says referee. It says referee. Now here's the thing. That in and of itself is an incredibly dumb is an incredibly dumb variation, conceptually. However, let me explain. In the AEW set, you've got a variety of parallels. You have what's called the um, Pyro Parallel, which has got a little rainbow foily thing, which actually looks very cool. I picked up a couple of those. You've got a Dynamite version, which also has kind of a foil, but again, in a different pattern. Again, looks really cool. Um, neither of those are numbered. You've got the Exclusives, which is numbered to 100. That's kind of the reddish one. I've showed you a couple of examples of that. Uh, that's a neat card. They've got a thing called High Gloss. That is numbered to 10. That is kind of a cool looking one. That Paul Turner one I showed you is not numbered at all. However, there is another parallel that is about one per box or one every two boxes, give or take. And it is what's called the finisher parallel. And what happens is for all the wrestlers, it is supposed to show their finisher. So if you've got, uh, you know, like a, um, you know, like a sting, you can have like a, um, well, I think Sting as a regular character would... Okay, better example. Britt Baker. So for her, it would say Lockjaw. Okay. At the bottom, it would say Lockjaw. Gotcha. Well, Paul Turner's a referee. He doesn't have a finisher. He's a referee. Right. And then on the magazine cards, they don't put the finisher. They just put first edition. But if you remember, I mentioned that you have to know the set and understand what you're looking at to be able to deduce that something is different. Right. Now, the seller was able to figure out that, wait a minute, the regular one doesn't say referee on it. This must be the finisher. The referee's finisher is referee. Love it. So it's so silly. I was like, okay, that's a good conversation piece. It's so weird. I, I think I paid about 10 bucks for that one. I didn't go yeah. too crazy on it. But I, but I just go like, okay, it's kind of cool. Plus, you know, as, a, as somebody who's refereed the odd thing, I figured you would appreciate that one. I do appreciate it. So the variant of Paul Turner is referee. I like it. 
So there you go. But that's how you, you got to actually do your research to figure out, because otherwise you look at it and go, oh, it says referee. Okay. I guess that's just the label. But then you go look at the regular one. It's like, wait a minute. The regular one doesn't have that there. <laughs> what the hell is that? So somebody could have gone through their entire box and pulled the thing. And like I said, those are actually pretty tough to pull. By the way, um, I said they were tiered parallels. Because if you remember, I said last time, for the subsets, some of the tiered parallels are actually, uh, for the subsets, some of the parallels are actually tougher to pull than normal. So they're actually more short printed than normal. And it's not the stuff that people would expect or think about. Because what happens is, when you've got a crew, so the referees are considered crew, right? So right. you got your different parallels. Well, the uh, they call they call it call out. So instead of finisher, they call it call out. But it's the equivalent of finisher for the regular wrestlers. Uh, the that referee one is one in one hundred and sixty packs. Nice, it's pretty good. So it's actually very short printed, even compared to the normal, because the finisher is one in twenty seven packs. Yeah. So there you go, Carl. But again, you don't know if you don't know. You got to do your research. Yep. So it's all there, my friend. It's all there, but you got to know what you're looking for. But yeah, it is. It is. It's. It's like that. But yeah, I've been uh, stockpiling a lot of this different stuff. Um, this one will probably be the best lot of the bunch once it comes in, uh, just because, and it'll be pretty obvious what it is. So this will be the last one I'll show for now, and then as we talk through, maybe I'll show some more after. But this will be the last one I'll show for the moment. All right. Um, are you gonna show? So you anything else on cards you want to say before I ask you to uh, refer to something we talked about last week? I may I may talk about some more after, but I'll intersperse it in the conversation. Okay. Um, that right there is should be a full set of the golds. Nice. So I purchased a full set of the golds. Um, I was making the set, but then somebody had it uh, what I thought was a reasonable price on it. So I'll go through it when I get the lot, but hopefully that should be 100. That should be 1 to 100 on the golds. Nice. So that's cool. I think that'll go in the Z folio. It'll be kind of neat. That'd be, yeah, it will be for sure. Okay, so what do you got? So I, I agree. So here's the thing. So having watched the uh, Jurassic Express versus, versus Lucha Brothers match back. Yeah. When we talked about the ending. Yeah. So... The only I don't think it would have been that weird. I agree. I agree with you. Everything you said, I agree with you. I don't think it would have been that weird if they hadn't just started showing the random shots of Malachi Black and Chris yeah. Jericho. Yeah, that's right? what like I mean. If, like even it was, if it was they brought the tag teams out and they just could have stood there, did the stare down, and think, okay, like that, that, that within the realm of everything makes would make sense, right? Okay, you know, and there's a new tag team. Okay, mm -hmm. we're out to get you. Okay, great, right? But it's like Jericho can't. I mean, he's just sitting there, and you could tell that he wasn't expecting the camera to be on him. Yeah. And that you know, it's like, what? Yeah. So yeah, no, it, it totally was not planned. It was not supposed to go down. The yeah, it was, the yeah, it was just a down. series of audibles. Yeah, it was just a series of audibles, one after another. They're like, um, show Jericho, show Malachi Black, show whatever. Now, it would turn out to be a little bit foreshadowing because Malachi Black got himself a tagging partner. This is true. Yeah, so like it wasn't like it wasn't ridiculously far fetched, but at the same time, it was like um, I I don't think they had any intention of going to it at that moment, not that very second, not at all. So yeah, so anyway, so Carlos, here's some I had so I had a bunch of thoughts about wrestling, and then I started thinking about questions I want to ask you because I think it's always entertaining when I I have a question about wrestling and I ask, and then you just go mm -hmm. as you do. So first of all. I want to I want to talk about WWE for a second. Um, does Vince McMahon hate Triple H? Because everything Triple H built at NXT has pretty much pretty much been knocked out. Yeah, so that's been um, that's kind of been the ongoing speculation with it. Because at this point, it's very clear that there is a systematic, you know, one thing after another after another, right down to uh, Braun Breaker kicking down the X logo, like a visual representation of the X logo that was NXT. It was like literally everything Triple H did. It's like, by the way, we're going to completely rebrand this thing. Get strip out everything you did. I'm sure at some point they'll they'll probably change the belt too or something. Like release all the talent you brought in. Yeah, and all the and all the people that work in the performance center. Like yeah. William Regal, get out. You know, Samoa Joe, get out. Everybody else that they they had hired as somebody. But best with Samoa Joe, it's like get out. Actually, come back. No, really, get out. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Um, I don't know if you recall. But when they told Samojo to get out the first time, Triple H went and basically yelled at some people, and he ba and they basically yelled until he got him rehired. So, so Triple H went out of his way to be like, "I didn't say get what we have things that he can do. What what are you doing?" 
So basically he was fighting internally to bring him back. So the second time it's like, no, really get out. This time, and this time, and this time nobody's saving you. So it's, uh, it's, it's, at this point, it does seem to be, have a personal, you know, front to it. It is kind of interesting though, because, um, Vince McMahon was kind of Machiavellian about this. I don't know if that was his intention or not, but he was very Machiavellian about it because in reality, um, and, and this is the narrative that I've heard from some folks that I think, I think bears some validity. I think Triple H was given NXT and allowed to run with it with the expectation that it would be the developmental territory and all that, blah, blah, blah. And I think Vince was okay with that. But I think what happened at some point is that NXT started to take off and the fan base was very rabid and enjoyed NXT. And the feedback they were starting to get is that people liked NXT better than WWE. And at a certain point, Vince kind of started to take that personally because, because WWE is what he built. And you're basically saying, even though I own NXT, you're saying my show sucks and this other show's better than I own. And uh, at a certain point, it's like it's starting to grade on him a little bit. Again, this is the narrative that's been posited. Just a theory that's thrown out there. But at a certain point, it's supposed to grade on him and going like, why would you guys? It's like, I literally own them. They would be nothing without me allowing them to exist. So after a while, it's like, okay, fine. You guys think it's good? Because it became, they started touring. They started to be able to have their own independent shows. Then eventually they had their thing on the WWE Network, and then eventually they were able to start drawing in and of themselves. So they would have the takeovers, and the takeovers would be like pay-per-view quality, and they would have them like on WrestleMania weekend, on SummerSlam weekends, and they'd have these big shows. And they'd be able to draw in these different venues and became like a, another brand. And Triple H positioned it almost like a third brand, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. And that was never really Vince's intention. It was supposed to be like a developmental territory, much like Florida Championship Wrestling and, you know, stuff like Ohio, they, Ohio yeah, Valley that they had had in the past. Yeah. None of that ever made TV ever. But at a certain point, they decided to they decided to take advantage of the um, of the money available and they turned it into a two hour show uh, that actually aired on television. Now, there's an upside and downside to that. So at first they were doing it on the Wednesday. So they decided, okay, you know what? We don't think AEW is big threat. We think we can beat you with NXT. Well, it didn't work because it's like, so it's like a half-hearted thing. On the one hand, you're like, okay, fine. We'll put you up against NXT. But on the other hand, they started immediately modifying things about NXT to make it more like a regular WWE product. So it lost some of that specialness and distinctiveness that made it different where I think NXT in its previous iteration probably would have been more competitive with AEW, really giving it a bit of a run for its money. AEW had the horses to keep going, where NXT eventually would have run out of gas with that. But then making it a watered-down version of Raw and SmackDown with the NXT logo wasn't going to fly. They were never going to win, so to speak, in the long run. Uh -huh. um, and it basically turned it into a quote-unquote failure, but the failure in turn gave justification to Vince going, see, can't hang. It's like, well, you modified some stuff and made it like your show that people don't like. So, like, you crippled it and took away the thing that people like the most about it. And then, but now you get to claim that it was a failure. So it's like, okay, well, you know, um, go, you, we're going to reduce your power. And then he had his health issues with, I think, the heart attack or whatever it was. And now that kind of put him out of the picture. And it's like, well, while he's gone, you're fired. You're fired. You're all cut. You're fired. We're going to rebrand this thing. You're cut. Because Vince and Bruce Pritchard basically run NXT now. Do you think it's more Vince or do you think it's more Nick Khan? Uh, Nick Khan is going to probably be the one who becomes the king. Nick Khan's job, Nick Khan doesn't care about Triple H. Nick Khan's job is to make money. And I think he knows, I believe, this is my theory now, I believe Nick Khan will become the heir apparent to the WWE throne going forward. Because I think... It, Even if not, they sell to Disney? I think in the not too distant future, I think he is expected to be the man who will spearhead that sale and become the de facto ruler of the world. Okay. So Vince will be, I mean, obviously if he sells it, he's going to be out. Yeah. Or do you think he'll and still be around? I think, I think if he, I think if they sell, Vince is not going to be interested in anything but absolute power. If he sells, then he's out. He'll take the money. Um, he's not getting younger. And I think he might not have the energy to necessarily keep running the day to day. Well, have you seen any of his his work right lately? Uh, no, I don't watch the show. It's just like a rambling inc. Oh, I don't watch the show either, but yeah. like I've seen some of them. It's like a rambling, incoherent mess. Yeah. Well, he's old. Like it's not. <laughs> yeah. Egg. Yeah. He, he's 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 basically a parody of himself. He's still doing the Mr. McMahon character, but like he's lost the energy. Like he doesn't have the energy to do it. 
and like it's shoehorned because for years he actually stayed off TV on purpose. Like he didn't want to participate in it because he, because he had lost some speed off his fastball. The Mr. McMahon character worked because he had a great foil in Steve Austin and some other folks as well. Um, but now nobody's like that. Roman Reigns is their biggest star, but he's a bad guy. Um, there's no reason for him to feud with Mr. McMahon. And at the, to be honest, a feud with Mr. McMahon would be pointless for him because it's like, you need me. If Roman Reigns goes to Hollywood and does movies and stuff, it's like, who's does the else does WWE have? Yeah. Brock Lesnar is a star. Brock Lesnar is their other legitimate star. You've got a couple other guys that you call stars, but none of them, all of them are treated as second, third tier compared to Brock and Roman. Brock and Roman are it. <laughs> After that, it's a steep fall off. It's not a lack of talent. Is that you never allow these other guys to be stars on the level of a Brock or a Roman. Right. You can, the best you can do then is, uh, we'll bring back John Cena. Great. Great idea. Fantastic. Keep relying on the guys that were already there as they continue to get older and their bodies break down and they are not able to come in, come in every week. That's a great idea. That's a long-term strategy. That's why they need the Braun Breakers and those guys that they're starting to promote now because you're going to start shifting them off. But those guys are going to be very much uh, sports entertainment guy, kind of guys. They're not going to be necessarily great wrestlers. It's going to be a very specific type of product. And um, it'll plateau a lot of the popularity they have. It'll work for some folks because some folks don't care. Well, like the, yeah, as you've said before, there's also like like the people that you know hate AW. Like you said, well, basically this, it's switch the rosters entirely. Yeah. And the people's opinion about the product wouldn't change. That's right. So that, so that's why I say, like, I think WWE is starting to clue in that it doesn't matter. So at a certain point, they're like, okay, well, we can get rid of all this higher priced talent that we're paying a lot of money to. And it's not going to make that much of it. The rating is not going to shift that much. The ra- Now, that isn't to say the ratings can't keep going down, but it's not going to go down 50% overnight. Yeah. It's going to sure. be this slow attrition as, you know, kind of the show just settles into this doldrum of, you just have to think of what WWE is offering you. They're offering you a mixed tag team match with Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Maurice and The Miz. The Miz is stale. Edge is still real good. To be honest, Beth Phoenix would do fine if she was like in the Women's Rumble, but instead they're going to waste her on this. Maurice doesn't even wrestle. So what, where's, the comp- where's the compelling? And by the way, The Miz and Maurice versus a mixed tag, you did this with John Cena and Nikki Bella already at WrestleMania. So this is like a second-tier version of that. <laughs> So you even you even made a derivative version of a storyline that's derivative. By the way, the first one led to nothing. It led to a proposal at WrestleMania that led to nothing. So it's like, who cares? Yeah. And also, what's the stakes? Okay, Beth Phoenix and Edge win. So what? What do they get out of it? Nothing. If Miz and Maurice win, what do they get out of it? Nothing. None of them get anything. You all lose. There is no prize. So it's like, it's literally a waste of everybody's time. Edge has a certain shelf life left. He's been able to come back from his injuries and stuff. Good for him. He's looking good. He seems pretty healthy. But, like, you've only got a certain amount of matches left in the guy, no matter what. Why wouldn't you maximize your investment? Be like, I should be putting you in position to be challenging one of the champions. I want you in the title mix with one of these things. Even if you don't win, I want you in the mix. I want you around. I want want Edge, AJ Styles. I want Edge and, you know... um, Edge and, you know, Drew McIntyre. I want Edge and Big E. Like, there's a lot of combinations you could put. Edge and uh, Kevin Owens. There could be some fun stuff you could do with those guys. Yeah, for sure. All those combinations. All those matches you mentioned could be good. All of them are vastly superior to what what we've just outlined. All of them. And by the way, Beth Phoenix wants to wrestle. Awesome. Put her in the Women's Rumble. That Women's Rumble right now is weak. Have you seen what they threw in there? They're like, uh, who do we got from the Divas era? Hey, guys. Let's throw these. Uh, hey, the Bella Twins are coming back. Oh, great. Fantastic. How exciting. But we got Kelly Kelly. Oh, wonderful. So good. But Carlos, Mickey James is coming. The forbidden door is opening. Yeah. Mickey James has no dignity. <laughs> like at a certain point, it's like, I really kind of, I would love for them to like, for them, for, her, for them to let her come in and then find a way to embarrass her in the rubble. That would be a WWE She's thing to do. coming in for the payday, Carlos. Let's be real. No, but I'm okay with that. I would like them to humiliate her in the Rumble. Have her come in with all this thing as the Impact Champion, and then have her get eliminated in 10 seconds. 
Thanks for coming I, out. I happen. Who knows? And on her way out, they throw a garbage bag at her. Wow. That would be... Uh, Do it! Know. I'd love it! It'd be great! So, um, next thing I want to ask you, Carlos. Go ahead. Okay? And this is just something, because I've been, I've been watching some Rusev matches lately. First of all, Miro is superior to Rusev. In every possible way. Absolutely. He's um, feuding with God. But no, but has God won? Because where the hell is Miro? I think, um, I think to be honest, he still is nursing an injury. So I think they had a couple of vignettes that they had worked on. I wouldn't be surprised, by the way, um, because now that they're over at TBS, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think you have to set, I think you have to figure, I think you're going to have to put, let Miro, uh, you know, I think they're going to have to make sure that God puts over Miro so that Miro can move on. <laughs> he, he needs to move past God and then, and then fight, and then fight an, uh, a corporal opponent. So I think it's important that we figure that this out. I'm not sure how you want to do it, but I think you've got to, I think you've got to find a conclusion to it because right now we've got a lot of guys that are getting these vignettes because Pac had a vignette um, on Dynamite, which was interesting. Uh, he's going to be blind Pac, <laughs> which is hilarious. Uh, look, I'm okay with it. I enjoy Pac stuff. So like, and even that promo was fun. As ridiculous as it is, it was kind of fun. Uh, so now he's got tarot cards with like the eyes X'd out. And all kinds of, I was like, you know what? I like it. Whatever. <laughs> Do it. Um, Pac is just entertaining to me either way. I'm cool with these guys having vignettes because at least it keeps them out there. Uh, but I do want to see what, you know, what the plan is with Miro, because I think there's a lot of things you could do with Miro if you wanted to. I'd love to see him in the, I'd love to see him in the TBS, uh, sorry, in the TNT uh, championship picture again. Uh, that'd be cool. Or if you want to put him in the world title picture, you can. I just feel like it, we're still looking at MJF in the not too distant future as the champion. Uh, but we'll have to see. I don't know. Maybe, maybe one of these other guys gets that opportunity. Or Wardlow wins TNT and then has to drop it to uh, MJF. But the, the thing though is that that'd be good. But you notice that like we very clearly got another progression in that story. The Wardlow yeah, story I mean, is advancing I mean, rapidly. For those of, for those people who are are criticizing AW for not having long term long term storytelling. Yeah. Uh, this is you've got some great long term stories that are happening right now. Yeah. And if you remember a couple of weeks back, you were asking about the Wardlow thing, and I was like, wait. And, and guess what? We're getting advancement now. We're getting very yes, clear. You know what? And to be honest, Carlos, it's once I once I watched that match, I was like, yes, once again, Carlos. My, 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 my first thought before, that was a great match, or that yep. was a hell match, which it was. I thought it was great. I and it was a great showcase for Wardlow, by the way. Absolutely. He got he got to look amazing. Absolutely. Uh, but before that, I actually had that thought. I was like, damn, Carlos is right again. Yep. They, they've been slow playing that one for a while. It, the pieces were in place. You gave all the little side eyes, all the little comments, all the little brief scuffles that then got, you know, quashed briefly. And now you had MJF stand there yelling at the guy and then literally Wardlow grabbed him and Sean Spear has hold him back. So like I said, you're getting the move now. You're seeing that the now you're getting acceleration and now it's on TV and now it's in front of your face, in front of everybody. And you're gauging crowd reaction because when he grabs him, the crowd responded. Oh, it yeah, looked like, sure. yeah, it looks like something was just about to happen. Just about to happen. You know that, like, the, well, the whole thing, right? Is I mean, obviously it's a work, but Wardlow had the match won. Yeah, multiple and, times, and and didn't win because of MJF, basically. Yep. yep. And so right now, CM Punk and MJF still have their thing going on, and now Sean Spears has kind of been shoehorned in into this thing. So, and Sean Spears has kind of got in the middle of Wardlow and MJF. So right now, four guys are kind of working this angle together. So it's at least getting those four guys. All four guys have a role to play in this right now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, next question. Uh, and you can answer these. And you don't. It doesn't have to be a. The answer can be whatever. Like I don't. I don't care. New Japan. <laughs> well, if you sure, I'm not going to know that. But uh, if you want, go ahead. Uh, who would you say if if someone was like. Let's say, let's put it right. Someone was get, just getting into wrestling now, uh -huh. and you and they said, "Carlos, who's someone that I should watch? Like, who's someone to watch or pay attention to right now that you know m could be under the radar, might not be under the radar, but who's somebody that I should pay attention to? Who's your go-to for that answer?" Come pay attention to. Um, I have a couple. Not of necessarily answers. the best. Yeah, but I have a couple of answers for that. Um, now, question. Um, is this total package, promos, and in-ring? Or am I looking in-ring, or what am I looking uh, at? I, I would think mostly in-ring. Okay. You can go total package as well, but more more on the in-ring than on the promo side. Okay, sure. So what I would say is this. 
First, let me pick someone that's a little lower on the card, quote unquote, but who I enjoy uh, their style when they do the thing. Uh, Penta. Penta's really entertaining in ring because he's got the mannerisms. Yeah, he's got, a, but he's got, but he's also got a lot. You know what's funny? He, when he comes out with the black and white stuff, he looks he looks very similar to like Laparka, where I get a kick out of that. Good old Laparka. Um, but he's got some like, good outfits. He got the Joker amazing. Outfit amazing plus plus he had the dance and everything like la parka was la parka was entertainment back in the day la parka was entertainment but the um and he was the real chairman sean spears the real chairman was la parka um but the point is um penta is a very he is a very experienced professional wrestler he is a luchador but he's got the high flying he's got the high impact moves he's got the mannerisms he gets the crowd to react he, he doesn't speak much english but like the crowd understands what he's doing. He does the yeah, settled media. You know, they've got the Penta says thing too, which works. And, and it works. And and Alex as as you know, as a foil to him, it's it worked. The crowd listens to what he's saying, and then he translates, and then everybody understands what he's getting at. He's got his catchphrase down, he's got his hand gestures down, the crowd responds to it. Plus, he's kind of silly in the way he'll do his stuff, but then he'll hit some high impact, hard hitting moves. He's got a lot of what his brother has. Ray Phoenix, in terms of pure um, you know, high flying is is the crazier of the two but he's also the more reckless of the two i think penta is more grounded in the sense that his moves tend to hit better because he's not trying to he's not going to jump on a rope jump on another rope run across the rope go there's so many things that can go wrong when when ray phoenix does his thing penta will do a bunch of that stuff but then also hit these high impact moves because he's the bigger dude so he can do some of this other stuff that uh, ray phoenix doesn't necessarily do but he can do like 80% of the high flying that, that his brother can do and still hit the high impact stuff. So watching this guy wrestle when he gets a chance to wrestle one-on-one as well, is actually a lot of fun to watch. And he, uh, and he's got a lot of things going on. So that's one guy that I would consider to be a lot of fun to watch. Okay. Uh, another guy that I would think of um, when he's, at his, when he's at his best right now, he's injured obviously, but when he's at his best, Kenny Omega is crazy when he, the stuff he can do like uh, because he can fly around the ring like anybody else. Um, yeah, like I mean, there's a lot of people out there who I, I feel Kenny Omega is one of the people that like, you either like or you hate. There's no like middle yeah. ground. No, it's very like, distinct. Kenny Omega's okay, but the thing is, I don't love a lot of like the silly, the silly stuff yeah. that he, that he does, you know. And I, I and some of the stuff he did in Japan, I'm not right, but his move set is like unlimited. Yeah, right. He can do pretty much anything in the ring, and yeah. that's freaking cool. Yeah. So. And the other one that I would do is a counterbalance Actually, to that. Actually, sorry, before before you before we end up on the Kenny Omega, would you say, and I'm curious about this, this wasn't a question I originally had on the list, but I'll add it now since Go ahead. we're talking about it. Would you say that Kenny Omega is the best wrestler to have never wrestled in WWE? Um, to never wrestle in WWE. That is a good one. Because I feel for the longest time sort of Sting was at the top of the list. Okay, question though. Uh, for, for this one, sting, sting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, question. As you're saying that, I just realized I'm going to plug in my computer because I don't want it to die. Yeah, that's fine. Um, the only question I had though, real quick, for that was: if you're saying best wrestler, though, am I talking about like a Kenny Omega who has an almost unlimited move set, or am I talking about like the combination of character? You're talking overall. Well, I think um, I think the guy, unless he ends up there, Kenny Omega would probably be right at the top. I think a guy like an MJF would probably be one of those guys too, because if he doesn't ever end up in WWE, uh, which he could, but I, I, I think, I think AEW gives him a lot of the creative freedom he would want because I think they would water him down. The joke about being the low rent Miz was kind of funny with, uh, when, um, you know, when, um, uh, when CM Punk said it, because what's funny is if he went to WWE, they would basically turn him into the Miz. <laughs> they would basically be like, okay, so you're the Miz now. But I'm the Miz. Shut up. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they would they would water him down almost immediately. Almost everybody else has been in WWE at least for a cup of coffee, because in the year in the years past, it would have been Brian Danielson. It would have been you know Samoa Joe. It would have been a couple of those guys. But AJ Styles, and all those guys have at least had a cup of coffee there. Um, just trying to think if there's anybody else that would fall that would qualify. Um, but I would, no, see, I think I, I, would go, I would go with Kenny Omega in terms of the longevity of his career so far, too. Like, yes. I feel like MJF has not wrestled long enough to get that title. No, I agree. But I'm just saying, but if could, he does in, not get could that. It, could it be that go down that route? For sure. 
Yeah, I think he's the dark horse to become that guy if he continues down the path of being in AEW long term, because uh, his character work is already top notch. It's already right there. Um, he, he as a wrestler, he continues to develop as well. Like he's already very solid in the ring um, and only getting better. So it's uh, it's going to be. I think I think Kenny Omega is a fair one. I think Kenny Omega is probably the best choice um, for that specific category that you're talking about. And the only other one I was going to say, since I already mentioned him, was the other guy who probably is the would be the best representation of professional wrestling right now in the AEW side of things. If you wanted to watch it, is Brian Danielson. He's at the top of his game right now. He's killing it. Like you put a Brian, all the Brian Danielson matches he's had in uh, in AEW have been top notch because he's basically unleashed. He's he's like I'm going to do the whole thing. Everything, all the stuff that I like to do, the really high impact stuff, the crazy stuff, I'm going to do it. So him, uh, the ones I named already, and Adam Cole. Pick any of those guys. Penta's amazing. Brian Danis is amazing. Adam Cole's great. Pick Kenny Omega. I gave you four. Pick any of their matches right now when they're getting a chance to wrestle against the guy who can wrestle back. You're going to be fine. Almost any matchup you want. I, I think that's this is some great answers there. Yep. Uh, out of those ones that you mentioned, I, I like Penta. I, my, personally, I like Penta, the answer of Penta the most. It's, it's, it's one, though, that will get forgotten. The other three are pretty obvious, but I wanted to give you one that isn't the first one people would think of. I yeah. think Penta is excellent. I think he's excellent. And uh, I watched him a little bit when he was in Impact. And I thought, okay, I like some of the stuff he's doing. But since he's gotten AEW, when he's wrestling with his brother, it's great. But when I get a chance to see Penta one-on-one, I like his style. I think it's a perfect combination with what Ray Phoenix does, but scaled back just a little bit so you don't end up with as many botches. Because yeah. Ray, Ray goes too hard sometimes. Penta has got just the right amount of speed. It's never slow. He, he He's crisp. He knows what he's doing in the ring. You watch his sling blade and a lot of his moves, they're crisp. He's, he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. But he doesn't go too fast. And then when he wants to hit a high-impact move and make it feel like it's high-impact, it's high impact. And when he wants the crowd to react and he does his mannerisms and he does this thing with the glove, it takes like a minute to do it. Everybody's just staring at him doing his thing and everybody just watches it. It's like, oh. Yeah, but you, they love it because they know it's, what's happening. It's fun. It's fun. So that's why I say like he deserves to be in that conversation. Okay. So somewhere somewhere on the same frame there though. Yep. Who is somebody, and please have a name, regardless if you whether you actually would do this or not, please come up with a name. Uh, who is someone that you would want to pay money to see wrestle? Does it, uh, again, any of these questions, unless they specify, it could be male, women's wrestling, men's wrestling, doesn't matter. But pay who is money someone to see that you pay money current would want to pay money currently to watch wrestle? Well, all the guys I named already. Like at this point, if AEW gets over here, we're going. So, yeah, well, that's, that's, I, I want to see. I, like, but right now, like most of the roster that you're off, like a good chunk of that roster is like, I want to see this. I want to see all four guys that I just named. I want to have a Britt Baker match on there. I want Sheeta. I want to have Serena Deeb on there, like for the women, like that that that'd be great. Um, because you could you could put together some great matches and have some good combination of matches in there. And you could you could you could have tag team matches or trios. You you could put together some amazing trios combinations. You want to get Adam Cole in there and the cards already stacked? Great. Put him with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Do a trios match with them and the and the. Um, and Jurassic Express and pick a third pick a third member. Oh, Christian Cage. Yeah, well there you go. Great. There's a trios match right there. That'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be a great match. So like I could I you know, I could immediately start drafting people to, off the roster and go, okay, let's do a trios match with you six people. Let's do this. Let's get a mural crushing a dude. That'll be funny. Yeah. Or just go a big man match, get like Miro versus Wardlow. But that's what I mean. We can have a Hoss we can have a Hoss fight. Yeah, exactly. That like, would be a great hoss. That's what I mean. Like, we can have high-flying. We can have a hoss fight. We can have a super technical classic. Great Brian Danielson in there with just about anybody who's good. All right. So on that on that, on that, that note, then, who would you say? I, I, again, the questions keep coming. And some things are are not originally in the list. But I, I did have an original list. Go ahead. Um, who would you say is someone who is, is like, go on the, the bigger end of this. Who is someone who is extremely underutilized, you feel, in AEW? Underutilized. Or I mean, I guess you could go with WWE too if you feel some. There's someone that that should really get some more time that doesn't. I know obviously most of our attention and our watching time go, is going towards AEW. 
but if there's you know feel free to answer anything with a another promotion if you wish yeah uh see i would love to give you an answer for WWE just for balance but the, but the problem is that at this point like i suppose there are a bunch of people that are underutilized but it's like if they were to be utilized would they be utilized well <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like stay in catering it's safer there just stay in catering <laughs> don't leave catering um okay underutilized um i think we all agree right now well i shouldn't say we all agree but i think um i think the guy i would like to see i would like one more shot at them just to see if there's something that can be done uh brian cage because i think he he might be done eh he might be but but my, my point was I, I, there's I, one of the twitter accounts i i I wouldn't say I don't follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very anti AW. Yeah, yeah. But one of the things they do is that he's posted uh, every once in a while, like how many days it's been since someone's gotten TV time on AW. Yeah. Because it seems to be that uh, Tony Khan, if Tony Khan wants to get rid of somebody, he doesn't fire them. He just lets their contract expire and yeah. pays them out. No, that, that's been a strategic thing up until this point, yeah. So uh, it's been over 100 days now since he's mm-hmm. appeared on TV. No, I, I completely understand. I don't know if he's still going to be used for going forward or not. But to but the question was, someone that I feel is underutilized, I still feel like there's value in it, Brian Cage. I, it clear, they clearly haven't been able to figure out what they want to do. And they haven't been able to find something that works. But, like, I would, again... Even if it's even if he's on his way out, I'd like to see Brian Cage and Miro. That'd be fun. I'd like to see Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs one more time, like in a proper full match, just them doing their thing. Hoss fight, right? I'd like to see Powerhouse Hobbs win a match. He hasn't won in a while. But yeah, I like I like Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, but guys like that, they're gonna have their opportunity uh going forward. Because right now, at least Powerhouse Hobbs is in the mix. We just talked about how Brian Cage hasn't been on TV in a while. Powerhouse Hobbs is on TV. He's still on TV very regularly. So the good news is he's still present. He's still in the he's still in the mix. Um, but I, I would like to see some more of uh, uh, again if the, if they decide they're going to let the contract run out, so be it. Then Brian Cage can go to Impact or somewhere else, and he'll do fine. Um, but with his skill set and the fact that he looks like a bodybuilder who can also wrestle a little bit fast, like a luchador a little bit, so he's got the speed combination going with it. Uh, there's still a couple of compelling matches that'd be kind of fun. If you wanted to use him that way, he'd be a guy that I would like to see used. Um, I'm glad uh, I would have said Lance Archer before uh, he recently came back <laughs> in the last episode. And it's like, okay, you want to do a little Lance Archer and uh, Hangman? That'd be kind of fun. Well, that's true. But Lance Archer was also, I'm surprised he came back so quickly based on the injury that he had. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, this is the one downside of the Lance Archer thing. I like that he came back. That's good. I like that he came back and was very impactful. Like he put Hangman through his chair very violently. It was very, uh, very entertaining. Um, and he, of course, looks the part. Like he's he's a scary dude. He's a big guy. Um, I would still prefer him in the TBS Championship mix. Like for me. Sorry, I keep saying TBS, but it's TNT. You mean TNT? TNT yeah. is the men one. TBS yeah. is the women's one. Yeah, it throws me off because it's like, but they're both the networks. And I was like, it'd be, but to be honest, it's probably a good thing. Just not calling it the TBS Women's Championship would be silly, but I'm glad they decided to go that route. So that's fine. Uh, but the TNT one, I would love to see Lance Archer have a run with the TNT title. I think that would, that to me would make a lot of sense for him. Like, because even though, you know, he's going to look the part, he's not winning the AEW Championship. Like he's a, he's kind of a placeholder feud in the meantime, before they set him up for the Hangman's next major opponent. Again, it'll be a good match. I have no issue with it. But it's like, I would love to see Archer there after he's had maybe a run with the TNT Championship to establish him as a champion in AEW to go like, okay, maybe he could win. Right now, I know he's not going to win. But I'll have fun watching the match anyway. It'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a good uh, mix-up in styles because the Daniel Bryan ones, uh, sorry, the Bryan Danielson ones, are very different stylistically. He went 60 minutes with him the one time and then a good long match the second time. The Lance Archer match is not going to be like that. It's going to be very hard-hitting, impactful. It'll be a very fun contrast in styles. So it'll be a fun match to watch. But um, I, like I said, I would like to see Land Charger have some gold of some kind. Let him be a champion. Let him establish himself that way. It'll give him another notch in his belt. And then you could revisit this down the road, and it would make more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Again, nothing wrong with it. It's a good placeholder feud. It gives uh, Hangman another mountain to climb, another big opponent to face. It'll be a different style completely. Yeah, for sure. So that's good. But um, I, I want to see Lance Archer get a title of some kind at some point here to help him for the next time he's going to feud for another title. Yeah, Winning a title will help him make him more legit guy for the next time they want to put him in this position. 
for sure. Yeah. All right. Worst gimmick. Whatever it is, Sunny Kiss does. Okay. Not not yeah. great. Not great. Um, another one that I would pick that would probably be worst gimmick. Um, uh, let me think. Uh, there's a couple of really bad ones on NXT. <laughs> if you check it out, like I haven't watched the show very much. Uh, there's one who's literally like a daddy's girl, somebody who goes by like Tiffany. Uh, she she's actually she actually looks a part of like a fitness model or whatever, but it's literally like a uh, she's basically like from Clueless, except that was more than twenty years ago, and apparently they think this is original. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, okay, so that's a terrible gimmick. Um, most of the Yoshi gimmicks in AEW are real bad. <laughs> not 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 good. Not good. Um, decent wrestlers, some of them actually, but the gimmicks are real bad. It, it works in Japan. It doesn't work for me. Um, one other. I'm just trying to think of gimmicks that are like out there regularly. Um, I think. Uh, let me see. I think. Um, oh, to be honest, um, at this stage of the game, with the amount of time he's been doing it, I think the business gimmick is bad now. It's very much well past its expiry date. The A-lister thing, he's been doing it for like five, six years. Like it's way played out. Yeah, fair enough. He, he should, he, he's got to change something. Just modify it in some way. Go away from that same, same, same. That's why I say like the Miz isn't bad, but he's, he's completely, it's like a food that's gone bad. Throw it out. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have to make a different thing. Like cook up something else because otherwise he's just riding, you know, riding the, uh, riding the wave until he retires. Right. Because at this point he's a WWE lifer. He's just hanging in there until like, all right, I think I'm done wrestling now. Good day. I'll go and make some other show. avenues too. I mean, it's not like he has an A-list movie career, but he does have movie career. He has his reality show. Nope. I, I don't disagree, but I feel like he's very much been very comfortable wrestling on his laurels. He's got so many other things going on that he's like, I'll just keep trotting out the same gimmick over and over again, year after year. And it's like, Dude, it's old. Yeah. It's way old. Uh, that right now has become a very bad. At, at, in the earlier days, it was actually pretty, okay, with the Marine movies. Okay, sure, I get it. But that's been years. It's been years and years and years. Yeah. For sure. All right, on that end, then, best gimmick currently being used. Hard to argue with Man Who Feeds with God. He's God's favorite Forsaken champion. I, I dig it. I dig it. I do. I got <laughs> it plays into the whole thing. Um, that's a good one for me. Um, I love I love Brian Danielson just being a dick, <laughs> just in general, just like just being a complete asshole uh, who can wrestle amazingly, you know, deservedly so. But he's just you know doing jumping jacks in front of uh, in front of Paul White was hilarious. It's, just, it's like these little things. I I just enjoy. I, I he, it's very clear he's enjoying himself. That's that's the other thing that makes it a lot of fun. And uh, like Penta, man. Like Penta, he's just he's just great. The whole thing, like the presentation, the entrance, all the mannerisms, the whole deal, love it. All right, all right that's true. Penta is, yeah, Penta is awesome. He's got swag, bro. <laughs> he's got swag. No other way to put it. He's got swag. Uh, someone who who would you say is overutilized right now? Overutilized? Mm-hmm. Like someone, someone that you're like, eh, let's pull them back a little bit. Miz, <laughs> like right now, I pull him back from everything. Um, okay, so other than the Miz, uh, let me think here. Uh, right now, Jericho needs to take a bre- take the back seat. Uh, too much Jericho right now. He's had a really good run, but right now it's like he's overstaying his welcome, and he needs to. He also needs to tweak something. Uh, or do you think he needs to retire? He doesn't have to retire, but he, he just but he needs a breather. We don't need to see Jericho right now every week. If he wants to do some comment, even on commentary, he's overdoing it right now. Like everything he's doing is just too much because he, because he's actually pretty good. At, if you go back, um, if AEW eventually has their own little streaming thing where you can see old episodes, I would like to go back to the early pandemic times in AEW because they record a bunch of shows in a row right early on in the pandemic era. Mm-hmm. Jericho was doing commentary uh, and he was doing day, hours and hours of commentary to help them out because they were short staffed. They had almost nobody. Um, and he was actually pretty okay on commentary. But right now when he does commentary, it's literally him just yelling the whole time. And he's just talking so fast that he's talking gibberish half the time. It's like, and everybody's sitting there going like, and the thing is, he's a good talker. But right now when he does his promos, like literally his go-to right now is, you have a silly shaped head. I was like, 
calm down, relax. <laughs> um, if you right now don't have any good insults, you should take a break, take a breather because calling him square head, pin head, you know, big head, like it's literally the same, the same shot over and over again, no matter who it is. So I was like, uh, maybe you're out of material right now. You might want to take a, take a, take a breather and uh, go get some other material because Jericho for, for years has come up with tons of stuff. I, I feel like right now, creatively, he's, he's, uh, he's tapped for the moment. Yeah. So he, uh, and he's a high profile guy still that's still out in front and center. Well, yeah, because it also feels like he's less important to the company now than he was in the beginning. Yeah. Right, because the beginning, he's a name. You're building up the brand. You get Chris Jericho. He was your first champion. Yeah. Right? That's a big deal. But now, with all the talent you have, all the people you have, everything else, you don't need um, Chris Jericho in the same way that you needed him before. Yeah. At the beginning, Chris Jericho gave you, to your point, instantaneous credibility. He gave you instant credibility. He was your first champion. He was able to carry the title, do interviews, do the press, do everything, help you build credibility early. There is still room in AEW for Chris Jericho. There is always room for a lot of those legendary guys. That means Chris Jericho doesn't need to wrestle all the time. He can still wrestle from time to time. I see no harm in that. But he shouldn't be featured as prominently as he still is. If he wants to be out there, it could be in a role like, look at what Sting's doing. Sting wrestles once in a blue moon still, and he does a good job of what they're doing with him. His job is to help Darby Allen, and he's doing a great job, and they're having things to do, and like it's the right speed. Sting's willing to do whatever they want to do with him, and right now they're using him just the right amount of times. Jericho needs to kind of be pulled back and be in a more of a Sting role. Maybe find somebody that he can work with, in whatever capacity you see fit, he actually did a pretty good job working with Sammy Guevara. And then Sammy Guevara has reached a point where now he can kind of speak for himself and do some stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So find him another Sammy Guevara, somebody he can work with. And like maybe maybe his job is to help out behind the scenes with that a little bit and help him. By the way, he's given a lot of great input and help to Britt Baker. Helped elevate Britt Baker. It's like he is useful in, in so many ways. But right now, I don't need you on screen all the time. Yeah, maybe work in the back as well. Help out the next Brit Baker. There's some other ones that could use some help too. help them and work with them and give them certain things. Because the early Brit Baker heel turn was 100% even the whole conspiracy thing. That's like a beat for beat rip off of Jericho. The only thing she didn't do is come out with the list. Yeah, like, but it worked because she was developing the character. They tweaked it, they tweaked it. And right now she's solid. She goes out there delivers a promo done. No problem. That's where that's where these veterans will help you. Somebody like a Jericho can give some input and go, "Hey, what what about this? Can you you can try this? Give this a try. See what you yeah. think about this." Yeah, for sure. So that would be the guy that I would answer for that. Yeah, I think somebody else with that that in that kind of role too is like um, uh, Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, but he doesn't right? wrestle too much. Like he, he's only out there once. They use him when they need him because if you look, he hasn't had that many matches in the last. No, but six he's months. but he's experienced enough obviously he knows yeah. what he's doing so you know bring him out for a match and he's going to give you a good match yeah yeah and they did that with sammy guevara on that special the battle of belts thing that and... was the best match on the card as far yeah. as i was concerned and that but that is where your dustin Rhodes is perfect you go for this specific scenario i need you to go out there do it make this guy look good he's already good but make him look real good no problem and at this point in his career he's happy doing that and he's still and he's still solid. He's in good shape. Um, not having to wrestle every week is super beneficial to him because he doesn't have to hurt himself. Uh, so when he goes out and does it, he's relatively fresh and able to do what he needs to do, sell the story, and make whoever he's in the ring with look yeah. good. And I mean that's a kind of like it makes me think of like Goldust and how he was Goldust for so long, right? Yeah. Which, which worked. Stardust when Cody did Stardust, not so much. Well, Cody is a very special case. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what Cody's real ceiling is because it's one of those things like, it's not like you don't have talent, but there's something off that never, I'm okay with his current gimmick where he's basically just an asshole that just isn't acknowledging that he's an asshole. Um, I, 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 I'm okay with that. This is probably the most interesting he's been in a while, but at a certain point, you're going to have to just pull the trigger and say, all right, fine. I'm a jackass. Let's, let's just grow with it. <laughs> So, you know, don't, don't tease that one out too long because that one will wear out its welcome pretty, because it's too much in your face. 
Yeah. The Wardlow MJF thing worked for so long because it was in the background. It was always all the way back here. We, we know we'll get to it, but it's back here. Just keep in mind it's still there, but it's back here. Yeah, exactly. But Cody Rhodes is here, right in front of your face, constantly. And it's like, no, dude, in that case, you're going to have to be a little quicker on it. You got, you got to get to the point. Yeah, for sure. Because people won't miss that. It's, it's, too, it's too front and center. Definitely. All right. Um, and then I think the last thing that I'll, I'll ask then, and, and at least on this version, hmm. do, you, do you have an issue with the size of AEW's roster? Because I feel there's – I'm starting to because I feel there's too many people because there's so many people that aren't getting – like you can only do so much in a week, mm-hmm. right? And oh. like you said, like there's people – like obviously you have – like I'm also wondering if they have a policy of – which they kind of maybe did with some people is if somebody's injured – unless you actually see them get injured on TV, like with Lance Archer mm-hmm. or with Ray Phoenix, they don't really acknowledge it because we haven't seen Miro in a long time mm-hmm. uh, up until this week. Like they made this big deal, about when they brought Jay lethal in for the first time and then he disappeared and now he's back. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there's these people that, you know, you're like, why aren't they, where are they? And then they either don't come back like a Brian cage mm-hmm. who knows what's going on there. Uh, like we said, we speculated on earlier, or somebody like what we just met. Like I'm assuming Miro is going to come back mm-hmm. at some point. I don't think he's you know being pushed to the wings. Well, they did they they did vignettes from like I said. I wasn't expecting a vignette of Miro every week, but they've been doing vignettes for him uh, for a while. You know, like and he did come back briefly to have uh, to have that um, uh, TNT uh, title match. Uh, you know, just to kind of appear. Or was it? No, the Eliminator it? match. It was the. Sorry, it was the Eliminator. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so he did come out, and he was technically still injured. So they asked him to come in and do a match to kind of help out with, uh, because I think it was him and uh, Brian Danielson. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, that was, oh, it was supposed to be John Moxley. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so he came in as a replacement, you know, just to give a credible opponent for Brian Danielson to beat, uh, and then, and then yeah, just went back because he was injured during that time, but he looked good. He was able to look good in brief action there. I, I think they just didn't want to aggravate the injury too much. Um, so he will be back. It's one of those things, like, they at least kept in front of mind. So answer your question. Um, no, I don't think there's a problem with the roster because I think some of those contracts are going to run out. I think naturally that will help start taking care of itself. I also think they're going to have a second hour of Rampage. It's just a matter of when they're going to put it. I think the battle for the belts being on a Saturday actually drew okay ratings-wise. So it's probably a bit of a test balloon to see what they could do if, um, if they could potentially put Rampage on Saturday. And if they do it on Saturday, um, what about a Saturday 8 to 10 p.m. time slot? Yeah. That'd be okay. I think most people could handle that. And if you give them two hours, well, there you go. You got four hours of TV split up reasonably between the two. And a bunch of the people on the roster you're not seeing are on dark and elevation. They're wrestling. Like Jay Lethal was doing, I think, some matches on Dark and Elevation the other day and different opponents uh, trying out some people but also letting him do some of his thing. Um, people on TV, generally, you want them to have storylines. It's not just being physically there and wrestling. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, but when you're just wrestling, uh, you can do a lot of that stuff on Dark and Elevation. Now, I think what will help is if they start doing a couple of stories on Dark and Elevation just to kind of keep something in there, and then you can refer back to it because you are recording it. So then you can reference it on the other show because you do put the results of Dark and Elevation mm-hmm. on the bottom of Dynamite and Rampage. So you're acknowledging that these wins and losses exist. Yep. And if somebody wants to go back and watch the match, we know what the match is. For so sure. it's there. So that's why Jamie Hayter has had a lot more matches than it's shown, but she's actually wrestled a lot on that other show. Um, now, the thing is long term, because I can tell you, I'll give you an example. Um, Layla Hirsch is potentially having a, is going to be having a feud with Chris Statlander. They're kind yep. of building towards that. And some of the early pieces of that are being touched on a dark and elevation. And sure. I think they did actually borrow a clip from it to kind of emphasize that they're kind of not on the same page. So that's good. That actually gives you some additional footage to be able to go like, okay, let me show you Layla Hirsch having an issue with Chris Statlander. Mm-hmm. And that way, when we do the promo and it looks like they're having an issue, then, okay, now I can, I can connect the dots here. I can put these two together. So you can use that other sh- those other um, recordings as as, as uh, a supplement to it, but I think they're going to need that second hour of rampage, and if they can have a second hour of rampage and maybe have a live show, that's going to help build up that show. And then I would do kind of what I think I suggested previously. 
uh, unless it's the champion who maybe can flip back and forth between them, I'd like to see maybe the TNT championship predominantly on Rampage, the TBS championship, or vice versa, whatever. But the point is, I'd like to see a champion or two on one show, a champion or two of the other show, and if they're on one show, they're not on the other show. And that way you leave a little bit of room on there to be like, okay, Brandon Danielson is going to be on, you know, Rampage this week. He's not on Dynamite. Or he's going to be on Dynamite this week. He's not on Rampage. Yeah. Moxley, Kenny Omega, Miro. That way these guys have a little bit of room. You're not going to split the brands. It's still the same brand. People can flip back and forth. But if they're consistently on one show, then you actually get more eyeballs in front of more people and give each one of them a little bit more airtime. And some of these other folks will then get into the rotation more. Definitely. I think so. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially yeah. if they get the second hour. Like, Yeah. And as some of those contracts run out, it will open some slots and some spaces. So you will then be able to, if you do grab some more people from the open from the open market, um, you're not actually increasing the size of the roster. You're actually, you know, net, you're right around the same spot. You get an extra hour and all of a sudden it's like, okay, now we have enough roster spots. We can get you women's matches over here and a couple on here. It's some sure. title matches here, a couple on here. Not everybody has to defend every week. It's... It's a good way of kind of breaking it up. Yeah. As long as they make two on E22 the year of Thunder Rosa, I'm happy. I, I think I think she's got as good a shot as anybody. She's she's getting closer. Um, and right now, Britt Baker might be a little distracted. Now she's the power couple with Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. It was only a matter of time. It was funny. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it worked. It was a spot that worked. And then who knows? Because they also have that sort of uh, Mercedes Martinez Thunder Rosa thing potentially as well. But that's what I mean. That's a good way of stalling. Because I, I do think if you're going to do the Thunderosa thing, you coronate her to pay-per-view. Oh, for sure. You want it to culminate. You're not going to do that on TV. You're going to do that at a big show. You're going to say, let's build up to it, get everybody primed. And the good news is you have history between the two. So you can go back to the Lights Out match. You can go back to all their, you know, their back and forth. All the way leading to it, Clash of the Titans at Revolution or whatever the pay-per-view they want to do it at. And here you go. Yeah. Because, because if you build that up, that's your main event. Oh, for sure. It could so, be. so that could be the that could be the perfect moment to be like, all right, ladies, you're on last, and this is your show, and we're going to coronate a new champion, and that's how we're going to go off the air. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's why I say like, there's some opportunities here. I, again, uh, I'm not going to be sitting here saying that Tony Khan has hit everything perfectly. He hasn't, but I do think he's got the cards in the right places if they take advantage of where they're at right now. You can hit a couple more home runs going forward here. Mm-hmm. Now you got Malachi Black's storyline is advancing. Now he's got Brody King. Or we're waiting for the cheerleader to become the evil cheerleader. Whatever that's going to be. Yep. That'll be funny. I just need them to execute it properly. Like, it'll give Julia Hart, make her more interesting. Because right now, not very. True, true. Uh, you know, I you know, patch pirate Julia Hart is at least a variation. Look, she's had more career progression than The Miz at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew Carlos was going to go off on the Miz so much in this episode? He deserves it though. Like he has rested on his laurels so badly. And the thing is, make the title of this episode something to do with the Miz, and we'll get more we'll get more hits as a result. The the title is going to be Julia Hart has more character progression than the Miz. Ha ha! Boom. We don't even have to really explain. You just it's just one of those things. It just is. Yeah, yeah. Right when somebody says it, and you're kind of like, yeah, yeah. At this stage in the game, like it's hard to deny. It's kind of a fact. Sorry. Anyway, so you got anything else, uh, question wise? Or no, I think I'm going to end it with that one, man. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm always happy to talk about a lot of this stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm still watching the shows, and um, I do. I haven't had the chance to catch the Rampage one yet. Uh, I will watch that. We got the playoff games going. Buffalo is up fourteen to nothing. Nice on New England so far. Uh, Eleven minutes in the second. Eleven minutes left in the second quarter. So, so there's still plenty of time for Buffalo to break a bunch of hearts. There is, there is. But I will say, I watched Josh Allen uh, make some. I, I watched Josh Allen make a big run and make a couple of really nice passes. So he's amazing, and he just hit, um, and he just hit maybe about a 20 yard pass. So, so uh, he's uh, he's playing well. I'll say this: he's playing well. And they're in Buffalo, so the locals are like, "Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna win a thing. We think maybe, possibly." Yeah. Screw you, Brady. He's not playing for them anymore. Screw him anyway. I want to pretend. <laughs> it is what it is. So uh, before we go off the air, so are you prepared to officially declare that we're preparing for the next uh, coming era of our Tampa Bay Overlords? No. Nope. 
Uh, nope. I, I'm going to go with... Uh, actually, here's the only football question I would like to know the answer to, Carl, since we're okay. in the, the me asking you questions. What is your prediction for how Green Bay is going to screw it up this year? Ooh. Uh, get off to a slow start. Uh, fall behind by double digits. Um, come back towards it late. And then do something really stupid. But against who in what game, in what round? Uh, NFC Championship. It seems to be the brand. Uh, I think they'll win a playoff game. Um, and then, like I said, get behind early. Um, struggle to go. All of a sudden, the offense dries up. Uh, defense makes a couple of dumb mistakes. Uh, maybe a couple of fumbles. Uh, uh, you know, a mistimed, uh, you know, mistimed play that results. Maybe a tip pass that becomes an interception. Uh, a little bit of that. Uh, so that's, you know, pretty good. That could be pretty good. I like it, Carlos. I like it. I have faith and confidence, Dave. I have nothing but faith and confidence. All right, man. Wait. We only time will tell. Yep. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, the playoff next week. The wild card weekend here will be really good with all the sheer amount of games and everything. That's always a fun weekend anyway. Uh, and then once we get through these games, I think then we can uh, maybe then we can throw in some predictions of what we actually think the, the combinations will be leading into the Super Sounds Bowl. Sounds good, man. So we'll Sam, talk some NFL next week. Sounds good. Sounds good. And then we'll talk some more wrestling because maybe I can rag on the Miz some more. Sounds good. What is the excuse? Carlos, what do you want to rag on the Miz this week? Oh, man, let me tell you. Let me tell you what grinds my gears, Dave. All right. So I think that's it for us this time around. Google, Spotify. Apple? No, no, I was trying to think of a... It's not really Google, though. It's um, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. It's Google Play is what I was thinking of. Other podcast-related things. I'll put the audio in there somewhere. Otherwise, go to the freaking YouTube. Like you're missing out. If you're not doing the YouTube, you're not getting the you're not getting the hand gestures. You're not getting the you gotta get the face expression. You don't get to see the pictures of the cards. I know. Like it's trash. Like look, how could you not want to see? Hold on, hold on. Let's uh, let's let's go out on this one. How could you right. not want to see? Here we go. Here we go. It's coming. How could you not want to see something glorious like this? Pyro Brody Lee. Nice. Come on, bros. Pyro Brody Lee. <sighs> How dare. How dare you all. If you know, you know. Yep. All right. So that's it for us. Uh, we will then be back for episode 122 of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. We will catch you in the next one.